Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running live broadcast. Um, before we start with the lovely Nick from NK Active to my left here, I just need to tell you that this episode is sponsored by Karans, which is the blackcurrant extract from New Zealand that I have recently been experimenting with. Um, so I found that they've really helped me with my recovery um, from my latest half marathon. And um, so me and Karans, which is a family owned company, um, we have just teamed up to give you a 40% discount, which you can find um, top uh, left of the screen just there and in the film description and podcast show notes below um, they've just been crowned sports nutrition product champion at the european specialist sports nutrition awards 2022 um, so yeah i'm very uh happy for them and uh, excited to bring you this discount with them so um so give it a go if you want to um yeah uh get optimal help by supporting blood flow immunity joint and muscle function and reducing stress on the body so there you go that's karams for you there um, and now i will just introduce nick he is just sitting here very patiently. <laughs> He's a podiatrist from NK Active, and we've done a couple of broadcasts before. Um, and today we're going to be talking about our top five tips for over 40s runners, because in February I'm turning 40. So very selfishly, I want <laughs> all of Nick's advice on what I should do, because recently I've been feeling really, really exhausted. I did. I stopped taking these for two weeks and I'd just become really exhausted. So I started taking them again and doing various other things. And I just, now I'm back to normal me. So now I'm scared to not take them. Um, but I'm sure there's lots of other things I can be doing as well. So that's why I need Nick to tell me, um, tell me what to do. Um, so first of all, Nick, I thought we should just start with how age affects our running, first of all. Well, we can even make it more simpler than that. We can talk about how does age affect a human body. And... It's all good news up to the age of 30. Oh, damn it. And then from 
30 onwards it's all downhill from there unfortunately oh, no. and and then you reach 60 and then it goes even quicker oh no uh, and then the reason i'm speaking about that is that it's what you call um sarcopenia so sarcopenia is the is a proper medical term for muscle wasting so essentially all the time up to the age of 30 our body's constantly building muscle on its own and you haven't got to do much. Hence why when you look at your kids and whatnot and teenagers, they can pretty much do anything they want and they hardly ever get any injuries. And then as we get older, more injuries tend to creep in. The good news is there are things you can do to slow that process down. Phew. And there was a beautiful... <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it. it's, it's not all doom and gloom. Um, and... There was a one beautiful study out there that did look at a a 40-year-old male runner, a 72, I think it was, year old male runner, and then like an 74-year-old male who sat around and done nothing. Um, And all these men physically to look at were the same size. And they took an MRI scan, so stuck them in the the big magnet tube, as it were, um, and took an MRI scan of their thighs. And then what they done is they took a cross section. So you basically think if you just basically slice the top of your thigh open, have a look down, and what did they see? And they basically found they couldn't tell the difference between the 40-year-old runner and the 72-year-old runner. However, the 76-year-old who sat around and done nothing, all the muscle had wasted away and turned into fat. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so it is that really, that, that old analogy of use it or lose it is so, so true. And then if we then even talk about, again, runners and the older generation, the, we're talking over, over 40s now, so you talk these plus. There was a study out of New Zealand that actually showed that by lifting weights and being active on a regular basis, reversed the osteoporosis process. So it is one of those things that there are things that you can do. And then if you talk about running specifically 40 over 40s, there was one paper that showed you that Runners who run half marathon distance or more, unless they do anything about it, lose about 5% of muscle strength every year. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and, and unfortunately, running on its own isn't enough to replace that muscle strength. Running is fabulous. It's great for your mental health. It's great for fitness. There's so, so many positives about running. I'm a massive advocate of it. But if we want to purely look at improving strength, running isn't the right activity to to do that and strength so, is what we need to sort of strength, so my, slow down the oh, aging process and the effects correct. of that so tip number one as it were is please don't neglect your strength training it is so so important to the point that who the world health organization have changed their stance on what is recognizes so you used to have your 30 minutes a day of cardiovascular thing work they've now added in that people especially as we get older, should be doing a minimum of three strength sessions a week. So, wow. so that, that that's now like a worldwide recommendation. And it is one of these things that it, if that's, if you take one thing away from today, that is the biggest tip by, by a country mile. And you haven't got to do lots, about 18 minutes, three times a week of doing proper strengthening work. And then, so what do we mean by the strengthening work? For me, strengthening work should be difficult it hasn't got to be done in the gym. It can be done at home. All it has, it has to be hard work. So you maybe want to be able to do an exercise six to eight times. But by the time you finish that that last repetition, you're like, 
how that, that's, that's a little hard that's, that's difficult that's that's hard work if you can sit there and do the exercise 30 40 times that's good but you're not going to be increasing your your strength yeah. yeah you're not putting any pressure on your muscles to kind of go ah oh, we need to be stronger here let's build some yeah. more muscle fibers yeah exactly and if you can do that you can significantly slow down down that your effect as you get as you get older um and the beauty is if you're over 40 now and you've never done any strength work it's never too late to start it's not as if you can turn and say right i didn't do it on the 30 so i've missed the boat no it doesn't matter the body will respond to it whenever you start doing it. you can start doing it in your 60s and your 70s and your body will still have a positive response to that fantastic so you can start any time so it doesn't matter if you you haven't missed the boat ever you've never missed that boat so from your experience as a podiatrist um at nk active um which i should mention you do zoom consultations as well you don't have to be uh, down south where you are um what are the most common like age related running complaints that you see from people the big one is osteoarthritis i would say so whether that be osteoarthritis in the foot, whether that be osteoarthritis in in the knee, in in the people over forty, I'd say is going to be the biggest biggest complaint. And again, there's so much. I'm going to say this. I'm going to be blunt. There's so much rubbish out there about osteoarthritis and sports. Like there are people that are still out there who are still saying running's bad. It will give you arthritis in your knees. But we actually know, actually, running is most probably protective of getting arthritis in your knees. (laughs) And we know that actually, if you've got arthritis, it's more important than ever to actually keep moving and keep doing things. So we're on a bit of a crusade to try and sort of demedicalize osteoarthritis, because Mm -hmm. once we all get to a certain age, the majority of the population have some form of it. So actually, once we get to a certain age, it's most probably more normal to have it than not to have it. So why do we need to medicalize it and attach all this fear and anxiety to it when we can say, actually, yeah, I've got osteoarthritis. So what? There are things I can do. Yes, it may ache when I go for a run. That doesn't mean I'm doing any damage. You're better off just going out for the run and getting things moving. That that, that, that old cheesy term of motion is motion is lotion. Yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> it is actually, it is. And what ages are these people that are get, uh, complaining of osteoarthritis? Because I, I think of that as like a really old person's thing. Now, I got 40 onwards. 40 onwards. Um, oh I've seen, so, yeah, if you're younger and you've got osteoarthritis, it normally means you've had some sort of trauma. So if you've broken a bone or so if you broke your ankle in the past, mm-hmm. you're already at much higher risk of developing arthritis later on in life. Okay. If there's a strong family history of it, then again, you're more than likely. And if you take hips, for example, if you were born with hip dysplasia, there's a much higher chance you're going to get arthritis in your hips much, much earlier. And it, there's actually a lot of work being done at, within uh, managing knee injury. So you may have come to running later on in your life you may have played football or rugby or something or contact sport previously or done a lot of skiing and ruptured your acl we know there's a high prevalence of acl ruptures and developing osteoarthritis but actually we're now realizing there's a lot of these acl injuries if we manage them better we can reduce the risk of some developing arthritis later on in life so there's been a big consensus statement out there looking at this by saying actually 
we're going to hold our hands up. We haven't been the best at managing ACL injuries in the past. We need to do better for people. But that's just because science has evolved. We know more about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you can actually now you can die. <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's the world I work in. It's sort of I was looking through some notes about from ten years ago, and I was like, "Wow, was I really saying that to patients ten years ago?" <laughs> science just evolves; it just it just moves yeah. moves on. So things like we now can, um, you can detect osteoarthritis on MRI scan before it shows up on X-ray. Oh wow! Well, that's um, cool. Not that I'm, I'm not saying everyone needs an MRI scan because the system just couldn't cope with that and they don't don't need it. But you can start de- detecting these joint changes much earlier. So and if we're detecting those, you know, how why would like how would someone know? Oh, I think I might have osteoarthritis. I must go and get it checked out. Was it? Um, if you're doing it super early, you don't know. Oh, this okay. is it. The, the, these are the joint changes happening before symptoms even start. So this is how medicine has evolved mm-hmm. that we can start picking up things before they're going to cause a problem oh wow um the biggest thing of osteoarthritis in general is that stiffness in the morning okay or after a period of rest you may start noticing a few extra lumps and bumps appear so within with on your foot for example if your arthritis in the middle of the foot you may look down on your foot and say actually there's a bit of a, a solid lump here that wasn't there a couple of years ago that's most probably just early arthritic changes. Oh, uh, oh no. My husband has got one on his finger, a lump here, and then he's just discovered one on his toe as well. And I told him yeah. to go and check it, get it checked out. Um, but it sounds like it might be that, mightn't it? Some it, it, it could well thing. be. It, it's, it's harder than the knee. So the knee's a much bigger joint. So you can't, if you're getting big external lungs visible on the knee, that means your arthritis oh, is severely it's advanced. It's in his toe and on his finger. Yeah, yeah. whereas on the toe, on the top of the toe, you can often see this, what we call osteophyte, this extra bit of lump appearing. And you'll wiggle the toe and the toe will be stiff. It won't move as much as yeah, as, as normal. Well, um, these lumps, he says, are painful. Like he presses them and they're not painful. But if he just brushes over the top of them, they're really painful. So I don't know. I don't know what he's got. Yeah. That's, I've, I've told him to go and book him with the doctor. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. And so, uh, as well as osteoarthritis, um, do we have do we get more injuries as we get older, um, and is it significant once we reach forty? Um, I wouldn't say the injury rate goes up. Most probably, what happens is the length of time of recovery lengthens, so it takes you longer to recover from an injury. And actually, in runners, you if you're an experienced runner, be running all your life. Actually, the more experienced you are, the less likely you are to get an injury because you've learned over the years what your body can and can't do. Yeah. So so you listen to your body and it, the majority of running related injuries is what we call a training error, i.e. you've done something too much too soon, you've increased your pace, you've added too many heel reps in, you've gone from doing loads of road running to then doing lots of off-road they're the injuries and as we get a little bit older and wiser we tend to know what our bodies can and can't cope with yeah so then you get less injuries because of that um yes and and particularly i don't know if it's me just like having a toddler now and um Mm -hmm. but i seem to be getting more sleep nowadays but do we just have to put up with having less energy as we get older um no not really um 
it's one of those things that if you keep active and you keep doing things, then the body will keep on doing it. So the, the thing is, is that we, we got this culture of, oh, do you know what? I'm getting on a bit now. I'm getting older. Yeah. I'm not going to do as much. Yeah. That's the bit that's causing this energy, not the aging process. That's what I it's was hoping, a case. but surely there yeah. is a time when you have to admit to yourself, oh, I can't do what I used to do in my 30s because I feel like oh, yeah. I'm sort of, do I just keep bashing myself like trying to do the same or do I have to give myself a little bit of wiggle room for the fact that I'm getting older? So it's more about training smarter. So it is sitting back, reflecting, looking at your training regime, looking at, okay, what's your diet like? What's your sleep like? What's your strength training doing? Am I getting adequate a number of rest days? Uh, we all know as runners that actually sometimes to become quicker at running, we've actually got to run slightly less. because you've, <laughs> Or you've slower. Got, or slower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is. You look at all the elite athletes when they'll go out and they'll do super slow runs and it can be difficult. I'm an ex-sprinter, so the thought of me doing a slow really really difficult but actually doing those super slow long steady runs really helps just build up those foundations for you um so it's it's one of those things i think we just need a little bit smarter with the time that we have available to do things yeah and definitely more strength training i'm definitely doing that i'm just panicking a little bit because i've planned a year of ultra running in 2023 so i've got a yep. 250ks in april and may and then i would like to do like a 50 miler in like say july or something and then possibly yep. i want to do something quite big on multi-day in september and then i wanted to do a 100 miler by the end of the year but <laughs> i don't know that's just way too much stuff and I am when's your first one planned? um april um okay. but I, I am having a chat with um a coach as well um tim pickett pickett who's also been on this channel quite a lot and i'm also going to have a nutrition session with reedy mcgregor as well so that i just yep. like dial everything in so i thought right I'll, I'll chat to nick as well about strength training and over 40s training and and see what he has to say too so so, so you, you still got time to set yourself up perfectly in that yeah. you got between now and sort of middle of march to really hammer home the strength. So you may back your mileage right off mm -hmm. and really building that good set of foundations of strength up. And then when you then get into race season, you drop some of the strength training back to maintain your level of strength. So you're not looking to increase, you're just looking to maintain that set level. Yeah. But you've put all the hard work in over the winter. Yeah. So this is why I say to all my all my runners I treat is actually we're going to use the winter to not worry about what your running speed is or doing stuff like keep mileage ticking over we're going to use it to build your strength up so you've got a stronger foundations going into race season yeah. next year because it because you can't it's difficult to build strength in the middle of race season because you, you just can't if you overcook your strength training you're going to run with tired legs you're not giving yourself body adequate rest you, you can't do it all yeah um okay so lots more strength training so um there are some strength training um sessions that i've done on wild ginger running so i will at the end of this broadcast i'll put them in the film description below so people can click on those and follow those yeah um uh, and david pollard has a live question and he says what exercises can i do to reduce lower back ache after a long run or before a long run so not specifically age-related so, but i'm sure he's a, of a similar age no, to me <laughs> So it's doing the stuff like it's actually doing things like deadlifting, squats, lunges, doing stuff to work on building what we call that proximal chain up. So the, the gluteals, the hamstrings region. So 
ironically one of the best things i've done because i play a lot of hockey and so i'm always in that flex position with my back Mm -hmm. and i was getting a few back issues so I actually, I went on a machine where I was flat. My back then went down like that and I had weights and I was physically pulling myself back up. A lot of stuff like it, it, we've got to go for the fear that bending something, bending, are you bending your back is, is bad. It's actually, if you want to improve the strength in that region, it is good. Hence why deadlifting is so good for runners who are getting lower back issues because you're you're getting you're targeting that area you're building up a good foundation around that area and can you deadlift with like i know you've talked before about having two um bags for life filled with like 60 kilograms full of stuff yeah can you deadlift with like say if you've got a big backpack and you just put loads of books in can you use that as a deadlift thing or does it have to be a bar with like weights on the side can just do it like that and so how would you do it just like of a dead crouch down and bring it up and put it up over your head or something like that so the definition of a deadlift in simple terms is lifting a weight that is not moving off the floor. Oh, okay. So if you think so if you think about it, if you go shopping, you take your bags out of the car, you put them on the floor, you bend down, you pick them, you're technically deadlifting those bags off the floor to walk back inside again. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if you've so, got a kid and you're picking them up constantly from the floor, then that's a deadlift as well. Yeah. Okay. So it, 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 exactly. It so you can life. be re- Exactly. You can Build it into your life. And the key thing when you think about doing stuff like is consistency. You need to be consistent with what you are doing. And runners know that. They know if you want to run a PB, you need to be consistent with your training, your running training. It's the same principles if you want to get stronger. You can't just do a one-off session, unfortunately. You've got to be consistent. You've got to put the effort in mm-hmm. to get that. And you'll reap the rewards. Yeah. Just like if you're consistent with your running, you'll reap the rewards by getting a PB, by running even further, by completing multiple events in in the year it's just having that understanding it's trying to break down these some barriers at strength training you've all got to look like the rock or you've got to all go down the gym constantly that's not it's not the case yeah it sounds Um, like it might be quite beneficial to go to a gym though because if you don't have you know like the right environment at home you know like it's difficult you've got carpets down you don't sweat everywhere it sounds like you know if you were heading to the gym like twice a week then it'd be quite good because you can you know you've got all the weights there and you can up them and up them and up them whereas at your house you might not have (laughs) quite the right stuff the way I describe it, it is easier to go to the gym. Yeah, uh-huh. um, but it's not but necessary. N- not necessary. It all depends on the individual. So if you've got someone that's got a very time-intensive job and they say, right, I'm going to do all my strength training at the gym three times a week, but they have meetings they and they overrun and they've got to do school pickup and they only get to the gym once a week, what tends to happen is that A, they don't get the strength benefits they need because they're only going once a week. And then two, they tend to get despondent because they're just getting frustrated. They're not getting to the gym. Yeah. So people, I'm like, well, actually plan it to do it at home. Do your three sessions at home. And then if you can get to the gym once a week, it's almost like a Brucey bonus type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so going to the gym is always going to be easier because you've got stuff. But you need to basically, I say, is think about your week. Think about everything that can go wrong. If everything went wrong in your week, can you still get to the gym on a regular basis? If so, we're going to do it in the gym. If not, we need to have backup plans in place in case you can't get to the gym. Yeah. Oh, 
good shout, good shout. I like that answer. Um, and David Pollard, is, uh, he's given a little bit of further info here. Um, so he says about five years ago, he slipped a disc doing a weighted squat and it's never really recovered. So he can struggle picking things up. And he says he's 58. Um, sounds like he should see you, Nick. <laughs> yeah, he should see, uh, not me, one of our colleagues, Dave. Because mm -hmm. um, again, there's we'll get dave to chat about it at a different time we can get talk about the myths around slip discs okay um because we now know they don't physically slip like we perceive them to mm -hmm. um and even if there has been an injury you can still strengthen everything up around there mm -hmm. you just got to be sometimes a little creative of what you do location of what's acceptable from a pain and discomfort wise and what's a sign of things are overdoing it but just because he's 58 and he's had that injury that there's no reason why he can't get back to doing anything that he wants that's good news that's good to hear isn't it david um cool okay so do you think the best course of action would be for him to book in with your team then yeah it's booking with anyone he, he basically needs to get go to see someone who understands backs who understands strength training and that's what that's dave our rehab chap that's his thing he loves the most is backs and strength training cool. um so it's doing something like speaking to someone who has that knowledge around it who can help build the program mm. for you yeah because um, i wouldn't want to suggest anything to david um here because like i don't know the level of the injury and i'm not a professional so i think it's yeah, good, it's important exactly. david that you get it checked out first and foremost and then you follow Correct. the plan that they give you um you know if you if you know i know it's expensive getting a video physio but it is a real real investment in your body that will stand you in good stead for like 20 30 hopefully 50 years more <laughs> yeah exactly yeah okay okay thanks for that then um cool so i promised everybody five tips in this we kind of we covered one yeah. didn't we? we were like do more strength work yeah. um and um there i'll put some links to some strength um exercises and moves below um but i just wanted to kind of take us through like the top thing we can do as regards recovering more like not getting injured um things about speed and things so i'll just um just yeah. talk around so my, my second tips. tip would be my second tip would be is don't neglect your sleep. Okay. Oh, that's um, so funny because David also posted saying he gets up at five o'clock every morning and he's wondering why he's so tired and has to go to sleep by 8.30 at night. And I just, I didn't even ask you about that. I just said, I think that sounds fine to me, David. I'd be going to bed at half eight if I had to get up at five every yeah. morning. <laughs> so the evidence shows us that if you are getting less than six and a half or seven hours of good quality sleep, every night you're increase you massively increase your risk of getting injured mm -hmm. um and it, 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 I, I know look, I, I don't get that i've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old and it's it's one of those things but if we want to try can then actually sleep is a it's not an easy win because sometimes there are reasons you can't sleep life gets in the way and what, but it's something that you can have control over quite easily to to do that um, and then it, it, you don't wake up feeling fresh so yeah if you're getting up at five o'clock every morning that's not a bad thing as long as you don't go into bed early which going to bed by 8 30 is sort of a i'd love that at times but sometimes i'm still on the hockey pitch at 10 30 at night <laughs> yeah well um finley goes to sleep at half seven and sometimes i just want to go to bed straight away after <laughs> just that it's all i can do yeah. to do a bit of knitting in front of the telly and then some stretching yeah. <laughs> 
and then I'll yeah, make my uh, mum so a scarf that, for a birthday for Christmas. So that would be my <laughs> second tip. My third tip is making sure you have shoes that fit correctly and are suitable for the job you're going to do. Um, it's, I was having this discussion actually with a patient the other day about, and I'd be interested in your views on the use of um, Gore-Tex lined trail shoes. Personally, I'm not a big fan of them. No, um, I don't use the, them for actual running, but I have used them in the past for like when I'm filming stuff. So I'm not being a runner, yeah. but I'm moving about in long grass and standing yeah. for long periods of time. So the I reason being is, for that. The reason being I'm not a fan of them is they are great if you're not going for anything where you, it, the, any sort of water is going to go above your ankle. Exactly. But as soon as they go above your ankle, walk, the water gets in the shoe because of the Gore-Tex lining, there's no way for that water to get out. So we see a lot of people who get blister issues and macerations around the skin. And whereas actually, if you go for a, a normal shoe, yes, your foot's going to get wet, but the water can leave yeah, it drains out straight again. away. Yeah, it, it drains back out again. That's exactly um, my thoughts. <laughs> but then it's also paying its particular attention to the fit of the shoe. So from when our feet stop growing they still have the potential to change up to three sizes throughout our adult life. Wow. And that can be the aging process. That can be the effects of pregnancy, arthritis, all of these things. So just because you thought you were a size six 10 years ago, doesn't mean you're a size six now. Mm -hmm. And so my biggest bit that bit is ignore the size, what it says on the label and focus on the fit of the shoe. The easiest way to check do your shoes fit is take the shoe lining out of them and literally stand on it. You should have a thumb's width between your big toe and the end of the shoe and your big toe and little toe shouldn't be hanging over the side of that shoe lining. If it is, then that's an indication these shoes don't fit correctly and it's maybe looking at different different brands. And unfortunately, running shoes are like, it's like almost like Cinderella. The shoe will select you, you can't select the shoe because <laughs> different brands fit in different ways. So all your friends may run in a particular shoe and you may want that. But if your foot doesn't fit that style of shoe, that model of shoe, you can't sort of shove a, a round peg in a square hole type, so no, a square peg in a round hole rather. Um, so that would be sort of tip number three. Um, cool. I never thought were. about that as part of the aging process, that, that your yeah. feet would change. I know mine have after having Finley. I've got a half size bigger. Um, but yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then if we then want to start as tip number three. So tip number four is is try and just go and enjoy it. So run with friends and like especially if you're coming to running as a a second sport. If you've done stuff previously or you've done stuff when you're younger, then you took time off around family and then you're getting back into doing it now. Don't pressure races and PBs. If you want to do a race, do it, but go to it with a group of friends and just do it for the enjoyment factor and just try and take those pressures off you and then once you're comfortable and you found your rhythm what you like doing then start trying to to push yourself but don't set yourself sort of goals that are completely unrealistic because you'll just get despondent about it and 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 stop doing it really mm. and you know like when you start getting older like I made I made some various pbs in like 2014 2015 but I'm never ever gonna repeat again partly because I can't be bothered to get as thin again and do as much training again but also because I'm getting older so how do you, how does one cope with 
not getting those PBs and, you know, you're never going to reach that PB again, perhaps. Uh, well, you can reach that PB again. If you, I think, wasn't it the um, Australian marathon record got broken yesterday by uh, a woman over the age of 40, I think, wasn't it, I believe? Um, oh. And you can do it if you're prepared to put the work in to achieve it. So it's one of those things that you always sit there and think, actually, how much do I actually really want this PB? What am I prepared to sacrifice to get this PB? If, if you're part of donuts on the weekend, then that's maybe not helpful to getting your PB. But if you turn and say, actually, I'm willing to sacrifice those to do it, then you are. If you're not, then you turn around and say, actually, I'm just going to adjust, adjust my goals on where, on where we are. Because if we look at the good for age places in the over 40s, that's where we're seeing your good for age times to, to get um, national places. They're just tumbling down at the moment because yeah. you're seeing some crazy times that people age of 40 are running now because they can just put the time and dedication into that training but it's also maybe sit there and ask yourself why am i doing this why am i out running and when we sit and ask most patients that isn't for a pv it's because mental health because it's enjoyable it's a bit of fresh air so always just try and reach yeah just try and rekindle of why you'd started doing it in the first place it's not all about pbs but also I've, i've noticed at parkrun they do your um sort of your good for age percentage each time so that's really interesting as well um so say you're not getting your parkrun pb but you've got like an 85 percent um good for age thing then you can be pleased with that instead there's like there's a different side to it as you get older i've i've seen yeah and then tip number five i would say is looking at joining a club or with that is don't be afraid of getting help. So if you need, if you've got an injury, get it sorted sooner rather than later. If you want to get more structure, join a running club or get a coach. If you need help with your diet, speak to a dietitian or a nutritional expert. So it is, is don't leave things lingering because it's a general rule of thumb. The sooner you can get on top of something, the quicker it is mm. to settle. Especially when we talk about injuries, the majority of the time, as soon as you get something sorted, the quicker you can get back to what you're doing, the longer you're leaving it sat there niggling away and stopping you doing what you want, the longer it's going to take you to recover. Because unfortunately, is if we look at our body's ability to do activity and strength and activity, as a ratio, we lose it four times as quick as we gain it. So having a month off can tend to take you sometimes a considerable amount of time to get back to doing it. But the one thing that the body is very good at is remembering what you've done before. Mm-hmm. So if you manage to get some really good, consistent, solid training and before, and then you got injured, you'll mostly find you'll get back quicker because your body thinks, oh, actually, I remember doing this a few months ago. Yeah, this is fine. I'm yeah. happy. So then that all then links back to the beginning of doing your strength work and, and the consistency side of things. Yeah, be consistent. Yeah. And... Um... And as you get older, are there any sort of, like, do you have to take, you talked about nutrition just briefly there, like, go and see a nutritionist, but as, yeah. are there any things that we should take, like, um, what's that, glucosamine, sulfate, things like that, any supplements that will help yeah. us? So, obviously, but I'm not, nutritional expert isn't, I'm not a nutritionist, I have any training in it, but if we look at, from when I'm reading the evidence out there, unfortunately, things like cod liver oil and glucosamine, 
there is no current evidence out there to say it is going to give you any any benefit. Some people find they have a benefit. If it's doing no harm, I've got no issue with people taking it as long as it's not going to cause them a risk of any harm. But when you talk about arthritis and glucosamine, the scientific evidence currently as it stands today doesn't say it's going to give you any benefit of doing it. It also says most likely not to do any harm, but it's not going to do you any... Yeah. So maybe it'll have a placebo effect, which is a useful effect. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is. At the end of the day, it's, as I explained to all our patients, is patients and runners... You don't give a, you don't really care about the studies that n equals thirty thousand. All you care about is n equals one, i.e., you. Yeah. And when I have someone with me an injury, you don't really care what the research says. You only care. Okay, that's fine. But how are you going to help me get back to my running? And I said that's my job is to then take all the research and translate it back to that individual and build a plan that is tailored for them. The, the issue is, is that we're all a bunch of individuals. So what works for your best friend doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Um, so it's all about just building something that is tailored to you as an individual and encompasses all your needs. Because I think the biggest mistake we can make in healthcare is if you come and you've got knee arthritis or you've got foot arthritis or you've got a problem, it's very easy just to look at that area, just look at the knee. What you need to do is take a step back is, yes, look at the knee, but also get to know the person attached to the need of a wider here. What are their motivation to get back to it? What are their barriers to overcoming things, previous injuries? Because then once you can do that, you can then start building a plan that's unique to that individual. And it's the same with planning your running as well. It's like, and with my, if we take my personal running and hockey and sport and lifting weights, I have to do normally the majority of my strength sessions on a Friday Mm -hmm. and then play hockey on a Saturday. From a textbook view, that is not ideal whatsoever. But realistically, that's the only way in my time in my diary it can work. So you've got what the textbook says and then you've then got reality. Yeah, And because I've been doing it for so long, I can lift, I can squat nearly double body weight before a hockey match and my legs are fine because I've been doing it for months and months. So my body's like, this is now normal for me. Yeah. So when I trained for a half marathon recently, I had a hockey match the day before my half marathon. Again, not ideal at all. It meant to take a rest day, whereas I went and run around a hockey pitch for 70 minutes. So a lot of my training is I done a, a longish speed followed by a long slow run the next day because that's what that's what worked for me I had to do that that was the scenario I was dealt with so it's also being comfortable that you may not always follow the textbook yeah it is okay it's okay to break the mold yeah as long as you're consistent and listen to your own body and I thought yeah I thought it was interesting as well just um just going back to the substance that we're talking about and the um because I was telling you that the this show is sponsored by Karan's um, the New Zealand yeah. rat current extract and you you said oh I've got some of them in the cupboard <laughs> um, yeah. so do you mind just giving us a little bit of your experiences of this it's basically it's black current extract and it's it's really um high in anthocyanins which can help yeah. with DOMS and um immunity as well yeah so purely from this is Nick as a runner view not Nick as a podiatrist view 
um, I had some and I use it for a triathlon and I was suffering with some cramps from getting off the bike and going to the run um, someone said to me oh try these um, these uh, um, berry these are berry extracts and I yeah tried them and I didn't get any cramps on the day and and I felt completely fine afterwards so yeah for me it was a very very positive it was a positive experience um for for using them for that event yeah and we were both talking about how um we if we had to pay for them we'd stopped using them because they are quite expensive um so um so yes, I've I've managed to wrangle a forty percent off deal, um, which if you yeah, click, which is very good. Yeah, if you click top right above Nick's head now, then you can access that deal. Um, but yeah, it'll just give you enough to get you hooked, I think. <laughs> and then yeah. you've got to pay full whack, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, they're they're I found them really really good um, for uh, making me um, have more energy. Um, so I'm now scared to not take them anymore, but that's another story and, and I'll keep everybody posted with how I'm doing with them. Um, but thank you for your experience there on them as well, Nick. That's okay. Um, no worries. And, uh, and just, uh, before we end the broadcast, we've got another like five minutes or so, but, um, I just wondered if you knew anything or, or had any experiences with, um, with, uh, the research around the menopause. I know this is not your special specialist area and I'll get, um, I will be chatting to somebody in the new year um, about uh, somebody who's a real expert in menopause for any yeah. women that are going through this process. But is there anything that that I know that plus 40 plus, I'm not really there yet, but some people are experiencing per perimenopause and even menopause at this age. Is there anything, any advice that you'd give out for people in that situation um, uh, and being a runner? So my is... The biggest one, I think that the, the Davina McCall documentary has really helped put it in oh, in the lineup cool. because it I is because that. it is because it is it is something that half the world's population have the capability to go through. Yeah. And it's something that actually we don't speak about that that much. And it is something that we see a lot of with female females in clinic who are going through it, who are picking up tendon injuries and and niggles and generally just feeling a little more achy and tired. So it's sort of like you haven't got to suffer. There's no reason why you should suffer. Is going there's more and more information out there, and now so go your GP. Um, there's a fantastic doctor in London who specialises in sort of hormones of the human body and athletes. Um, doctor Nikki, I've forgotten her surname off the top of my head. Um, I'll send you a link to her book that's actually really good that explains about the effects of hormones. And again, that's just not women, it's men as well. But it is like it is just accepting that sometimes if you feel tired and you can't do your exercises or you can't do your run or you forget, don't stress about it. Don't worry about it. Don't beat yourself up. And yes, there are links between getting tendinopathies and aches and pains and the menopause that we're finding more and more in clinic now. But there's also a thing of what well, this is why it's more important than to keep up with the strength work and keep up with being consistent. But it's like if you're having a bad day and then don't don't stress about it. Don't worry about it. You, you can't change it. So in my head, it's also like if you can't change something, then try not to worry about it because it's out of your control because worrying about it's not going to do you any any favours. But it is trying to 
keep as active as you can but just listen to your body really Mm. okay so the main takeaway that i have for anybody getting older which we all are is to do strength training more and more strength training um that's the main takeaway Mm. that i have here and check your shoes as well and hook up with friends and reevaluate why you run (laughs) and uh, and see somebody quickly about any niggles that you've got exactly yeah okay we've just summed it up nicely there then (laughs) um (laughs) um brilliant okay well thank you very much nick that's been a really informative chat and i'm gonna uh, i did my um physio exercises this morning so i might just add a bit of Good. more strength training in today and i'm i think i might like join a gym so that i can go somewhere and see other people whilst i do some strength training i think i'm going to put a little strength training program together for myself and, and see how that goes um but i hope that's been helpful for everybody um and yeah, we're all ever moving towards, you know, 40. If you're not 40 yet, then <laughs> then <laughs> congratulations on being young. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the strength thing is really interesting. And if you want to know um, Nick's essential strength moves, we did do a chat, didn't we, um, a few, about a month yes. ago about strength um, and running, strength training and running. So I will link to that in the film description below as well. Um, yeah, was there anything else that you that we've not covered about getting old and, and running um, from your point of view, Nick? So, running, but it's the gym thing. Mm. So we're coming into the time of year now oh, where yeah. gyms will see a massive influx of new people, yeah. and then by February. So if you are going to join a gym, oh, yeah. fabulous. But it but is always go back and ask yourself, okay, how am I going to maintain consistency with this? What's my objectives? Have a plan in place. If you have a plan you're more likely to continue to see that through and not just cancel your membership three months later. Yeah, I was planning to cancel it three months later anyway because I'll be doing my ultras by then. (laughs) But but, but that's your plan. I'll do that winter thing, um, do the strength, and then I'll, you know, I don't know. I don't know if there's any gyms where you can just go once a week. They usually are like, oh, you have to pay per month and it's usually really expensive, but I can look into it. Well, if you look at likes of um, Pure Gym or something, I think they charge like 17 quid a month and it's a 30-day oh. rolling contract well, or something good. along those lines. Wow. I think it's around that. Um, that they changed their model during the pandemic to make it more flexible for people. Um, and it is. So if you cancel it three months later, that's fine because that's your plan. Yeah. Your plan I, is... I plan to it. never go to the gym and cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> your, no, the point I was trying to get at was your plan is to build strength up for this period and you're going to use the gym to help you to achieve your strength building goals. Yes, because I just find that at home, I just just don't really do it. Like I do my physio exercises no. now, but I, I just... Yeah, it's too hot as well. And then you have to open all the that's windows it. and the heating goes... And I'd like to go somewhere. I'd like to run to the gym, do a session and yeah. and then walk home. That's what I would like to do, I think. So I'm going to look yeah. into that. That makes me excited. As I said, it's, if you can do it, it becomes, it makes your life a lot easier because they've got all the equipment yeah, there. Exactly. You, you're not going to get distracted by emails, children, anything on those lines. The washing. You've like got... when I do press ups on the carpet, like on we've got this rug and I just spend like about 10 minutes afterwards going, oh my goodness, there's loads of rubbish in this rug. And like picking out bits of porridge, bits of fish finger, like bits of seed from bread and like yeah. bits of pot. Like, oh, it's disgusting what's in that rug. So I just end up cleaning the house. 
and it's also a bit of you time as well it's the time to have to yourself and just clear your head as well yeah. which I'm a big believer in as well yeah yeah I like the idea of jogging somewhere out getting outside going somewhere and then coming back out again yeah okay right well that's brilliant I'll put all the links in the show notes below for everybody um who is disciplined enough to do <laughs> their workouts from home um and I do have to just to finally do the final Karams thing I have to say something at the start and the finish of the podcast so um it's sponsored by Karams um it's a blackcurrant extract from New Zealand and I've been using it lately and they've won that sports nutrition product champion awards as well at the European specialist sports nutrition awards this year um I have been pleased with the effect it's had on my my immunity Steve gets every cold that Finley gets and I haven't since I've started using these so I didn't even realize that was a thing but I did a live broadcast with them on Tuesday and it turns out immunity is one of the things too um, and also it reduced my doms after my last half marathon so if you are interested to try it for yourself then that I have got a 40% discount at the moment so um, check the box just there above Nick's head for the 40% Nick's discount and there's also a link in the film description below and the podcast show notes so thank you very much for sponsoring the podcast uh, and the um, live broadcast around cool thank you for sitting there looking pretty whilst I, uh, okay. <laughs> whilst I did the final bit, Nick. Um, and hopefully we're going to catch up with you soon, aren't we? Because we're going to talk about yes. plantar fasciitis on an unconfirmed mm. date yet in the new year. So um, yes. anybody who's suffering from plantar fasciitis. Um, Nick and tomorrow, gonna... yeah, tomorrow we launch, I think it's the first plantar fasciitis course aimed for the general public. Cool, that, okay. That takes people, it will take you about two to two and a half hours to do in total but you can do it in five minute chunks of time and it talks you through about what plant fasciitis is why you may have it things you can do um when is it when is it not plant fasciitis different treatments and then how to reduce the risk of it coming back all on a platform that you can log and track your progress oh. it's taking me about it's taking me about 50 hours to design and make oh, it all wow that's amazing so, yeah. and how much is it to sign up to that course then oh it, it, it's really 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 expensive it's a grand price of nothing oh free. it's free yeah wow oh, okay i thought it was going to be like five quid or something like that no. oh okay no. right well um that's brilliant that that's opening soon and we will come back in january or february and, and chat about that one and, and you can tell yeah. us loads more about it sounds brilliant perfect cool okay thanks very much nick and um we'll see you in the new year no, thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Yes, bye. An important message from Blue Ridge Hospice. There may be several hospices now claiming to serve the area, but Blue Ridge Hospice is the only local hospice that has been serving here for 40 plus years, operates the only hospice inpatient care center, conducts the only community-wide grief and bereavement programs, offers a nationally recognized music therapy program in conjunction with Shenandoah University, outscores every other Virginia hospice in Medicare's quality scores, and so much more. Blue Ridge Hospice, the first, the best. Find out more at blueridgehospice.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.